Hi, how are you going? Good. Good? Are you having a good stay? I am having a good stay, thank you. I brought all my winter jackets and haven't had to use one until today. I've got a, I brought a whole suitcase of winter jackets. Scarves, hats, everything. Are you going up north? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> wow, okay. Whiteboard. Kate made this. Well done, Kate. Look at this. That's amazing. I'm very impressed. It's really good to be here. I'm amazed how many people are here on a uh, cold... Um, is it below freezing today? Is it tonight below freezing? Tonight's below freezing. And it's Christmas and you're all here. That's, that's amazing. That's crazy. Uh, I uh, didn't expect so many people, so that's great. Um, I'm really happy to be here and I'm just going to get straight into it straight away. I couldn't have chosen better songs... For the words that came out, uh, can I just ask, first of all, who has never heard me before, uh, on, including CDs? One, two, three, four, five. All right, great. So most people have heard me. Great. Well, I'm, I'm going to do three nights in a row. You don't have to come. We'll do all three nights, obviously. Um, I'd like to build on some things, but what we'll start with is a, a platform, uh, which is the gospel, which is good news. Can everybody understand me? You might be able to, you'll, you'll tune as we go. If I'm speaking too fast, just give me a wave and give the slow down sign or something. Yeah, great. What I want to say is the gospel is the power to, to salvation. The gospel. And that's it. Everything else is paraphernalia. Everything else is doctrines of demons or philosophies of man and they hurt you, and they hurt others. Only the gospel is the power to salvation. And salvation is everything that you need. As we heard, every provision you need for life and godliness has been made for you before the foundation of the earth, because Revelation says Christ was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before Genesis 1.1. Before you were born which means you were found in Christ before you were lost in Adam. Amen. And in receiving Jesus, you've returned to that state. And you're no longer having a human experience, or you're, having, you're no longer human, you're a new creation. What you are never existed before. We no longer regard anyone as human anymore after the flesh, but as a new creation. You are now a spirit being. You have a soul, you live in the body, but you are spirit. And only spirit things apply to you. As we transform our mind, be renewing of our mind, we become to walk in what we truly are. Or as John 1 John says, anyone who knows Christ must walk as he did. Wow, that sounds like a heavy. We know it's a promise. It's the most exciting thing. So you're a new creation. What you are never existed before. You are made again in the image of Christ. When God created Adam, he made him out of the dust of the ground. Whether that dust was pure uh, monoatomic gold or if it was dust of the ground, I'm not sure. But I tell you, he formed man. Formed man. And he knelt down, he breathed into him. And Adam opened his eyes. He was made in the image of God. 
So when Adam opened his eyes, he saw a reflection of himself, as so did God. We're much better than angels. Angels made one mistake, gone. Okay? Humans make billions of mistakes, and we seek them, and we chase them, and we chase them, and, we, and God seeks us and chases us. Okay? So if God, Adam opens his eyes, he's looking at an image of himself, because he's made in the image of God. He has everything God has, including the ability to create and walk around like all the spirit things, and he would have been spirit, soul, body. So everyone was connected spirit to spirit. They didn't see body, they, didn't, they were naked, they didn't even know. They didn't suddenly become naked, they always were naked, they didn't know. Spirit, soul, body. And he had his own righteousness, but he gave it away. God always returns things to how they finish. His word never returns void. Everything comes to completion. When it comes to completion, it's better than when it started. And it started in perfection. And it comes back and it's better than it started. The Garden of Eden was perfect. He was made in the image of God. That's perfect. He gave that image away. When you become a Christian, you don't become a Christian. You don't uh, receive righteousness because then you'd be like Adam having your own righteousness. What happens is you receive the person of Jesus Christ and he comes, lives inside you and becomes one with you in your spirit because he is spirit because God is spirit and you are spirit. You're a spirit that has a soul, lives in the body. You are spirit. And he makes one. If any man be in Christ, he is one spirit with the Lord. So now inside you, you have one spirit. And your spirit is Jesus Christ's spirit. That's what your spirit is. You and Christ are one. You must regard yourself as Christ. Treat yourself. Speak of yourself. Never say anything different. Because what God has put together, let no man separate. If God has called it holy... That no man call it unholy. Because the miracle, oh, so you receive Christ. And instead of having righteousness, you receive Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 1.30, thereabouts, says that he has become our righteousness. Adam had his own righteousness. We don't have that. We have Jesus. And he is our righteousness. I can't give that away. Nothing I do qualified me for it. Nothing I do disqualifies me for it. My attitude doesn't qualify me for it. My attitude doesn't disqualify me for it. I am righteous forever. How righteous? The same as Christ. Ephesians 4, put on the new man that's created to be like God. How? In holiness and righteousness. You are as holy as God. And when you sing, holy, 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 that's the right thing to do, that holy, holy, holiness has been what has been given to you. He hasn't given you a subversion of himself He's given you His Son, the Word, 
before the foundation of the earth that was slain, that came to earth and became the Christ, the Messiah. That's who you've received. The eternal word, the person of Jesus. He's no less. Now he's inside you. You became him. He didn't, he didn't become sinful man. You got born again. And the reason is because of, uh, all through the Bible, but Romans 6 is probably the most famous one. It says, Don't you know that when you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into his death? And by the same power that rose Christ from the dead, you too were risen from the dead. You were co-crucified with Christ. As I sit here in December 2012, if I accept Christ today, I receive the person of Christ and the miracle, the mystic miracle, the offensive miracle is this. As soon as I did that, I was on the cross with Christ. I was buried with Him, went down with Him, and I was raised with Him. And as 1 John says, 1 John 4 says, As He is, so are you now in this earth. So when you died, when you accepted Christ, that's when you died. You went down with Him and you rose as Him. And it's already done. You already contain the fullness of Christ. You are everything that He is. You are nothing that He's not. And this is how offensive it is. I'll say the offensive statement first. And you go, what? And I'll go back and talk about it. And you go, oh. You are fully man, fully God. Because you are exactly as Christ is. And he was fully man, fully God. In the same way that the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth and formed it, it's the same way he hovered over Mary and sent the word, the same way he hovered over the, the, uh, the waters and God sent his word and formed the earth. We know that word is Christ because Colossians tells us that everything was created through him and for him and by him. So the Holy Spirit hovers over the earth and through that Christ, the word, forms the earth. He hovers over Mary and God sent his word, which is Christ, and through that Christ, is formed, or the word comes and forms a baby Jesus inside Mary. Mary is human, fully human. The word comes from heaven and is Jesus, is the word, and that's fully God. Is he any less God because he's um, come inside a physical body? No. Is he any less human? He has to be fully human to represent us on the cross. But he came from heaven, so he's still fully God. He's fully God, fully human. And that's how, that's how he was incarnated. Okay, that's how the eternal word became flesh. In the exact same way Jesus was conceived and came onto this earth is the exact same way, the exact same way he was born is the exact same way you are born, he, you are born again. The exact same way. You're fully human. God takes you down. You die with him. You rise as him. 
Because he comes and lives inside you in the same way he came and lived inside Mary. But you already got a body. You don't have to make a new one. You've already got one going on. And he comes in, he lives inside you. Is Jesus any less God now he's inside you? No. He's still fully God, isn't he? The spirit of Christ that dwells inside you, the hope of glory. He's still fully God. And you still are fully man. And you're fully man, fully God. But you are a new creation. What you are never existed before. You're no longer human. You're this new creation that Christ is. He's the firstborn of many brethren. He's a new race of fully man, fully God. Together, can any man be in Christ? He's one spirit. You have one spirit. It's Christ's spirit. You and Christ are one. If you weren't exactly as he is, how can you do his works in greater? How could the Bible... Over and over in many books, most of Paul's writings, once you be conformed to the exact image of Christ, have Christ fully formed within you, to walk in the fullness of the stature of Christ, to partake in the divine nature. If any man claims to know Christ, he must walk as he did. How can it make these incredible statements unless you are exactly what he is, with the exact same resource, the exact same shape? What has happened is the most wonderful thing. You are now a new race of being. Before, we were under first Adam, and Adam has sinned or separated himself from God, and is now under the curse, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If he does good, he gets good. If he does bad, he gets bad. Because knowledge of good and evil is to know the law, to know what's right and wrong. The trouble is, we can't maintain that, and he's under that and a series of the curses from, Eve, uh, from the Garden of Eden, and then continual curses, blah, 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 has loaded up, loaded up over humankind, and we're what struggled through this thing here as humans, under first Adam. Everything which is his is mine, because I'm his son, and I inherit everything. And there's no way out of it. The only way out is death. Fortunately, Jesus died for me. He died, I went down with him, and I'm born again, I rise up a new creation, born again. As Jesus tried to explain to Nicodemus, born again. I am now a new being, I'm a spirit line. Before I was a physical flesh line from blood and DNA, and now I'm a spirit line from spirit, spirit to spirit. I am a spiritual being, a spirit line. And now everything under my head, which is Jesus, who is from the Father, is mine. I can't help it. I've got a place in heaven. I can't change that fact. I'm loved because I'm as righteous and as lovable as Christ. I cannot change that fact. I'm going to receive all things. I cannot change that fact. I have the favour of the Father. I cannot change that fact because I receive what I'm under. Over here, I'm cursed. I cannot change that fact. I've died. I've risen again. I am blessed. I cannot change that fact. I am completely acceptable to God. I cannot change that fact. Because I didn't do it. I'm inheriting what's coming down my family line. When I was born, I got all my family sicknesses. My, my wife's family had many different sicknesses. 
I got them all except the hair lip, and that was pretty rare. But everything else my family had, <laughs> I got it. I could not help it. I was just born into it. I had no choice. Here, I have every spiritual blessing. I'm just born into it. I have no choice. I'm under second Adam. He's the firstborn of many brethren. I'm everything that he is. You can't be greater than your teacher. It's enough you become like him. I'm now a king. He's the king of kings. King of who? King of England? No, he's king of me. I'm a king. He's the king of kings. I'm a priest. We've made revelations. We've made priests and kings. I'm a priest. He's the high priest. I'm a priest. I'm a son of God. He's the firstborn son. I'm a brother. He's the older brother. The Bible goes to such extent to say we're the same that it has to go, he has to say, but he's the firstborn, so he has preeminence in everything. Otherwise, you're exactly the same. Except he was first. And that's the only distinction they can make. And that's, they don't say anything else. So all praise to him, our brother, who's done it for us. Who can save me from this wretched man I am? Praise be the Lord Jesus Christ. He has done it. My brother did that. And I am now that thing that he is. Here on earth. I've got a choice. Do I have to get to heaven to experience it all? Or do I bring heaven to earth as he did? Do I walk as he did? It is good news. Not good instruction. Over here, you give this dude good instruction. He wants to know what, what's right and what's wrong. Just tell me what to do. Yeah? Even Christian stuff, tell me what to do. Over here, it's a state of being. I'm a son, I'm loved. The only job is to be loved. If you believed once, it's happened. That's when it happened. And you walk in it. Amen. Don't tell me what to do. Tell me who I am. I'm loved, I'm Christ. There's a lady called Kat Kerr, and I suggest you check her out, K-A-T-K-E-R-R. And she's been going to heaven all her life, and she just talks about, like, you know, yeah, you went to heaven last night, type of thing, which I'm really happy for her, and uh, sometimes. <laughs> and she says there's a place in heaven where you can watch your family come to Christ or stuff like that. You can watch them. And they're standing there watching, and she's watching this family watch uh, one of their relatives down on earth get into drugs and all sorts of horrendous things and really trash their life. And they're all standing around and they don't rebuke the devil. They don't ask him to stop. They don't ask him to be rescued. They don't pray for him. They just yell at him, You are created to be like Christ. And they give identity. They only give the way out. You are amazing. You were created to rule and reign in the universe. You are loved. You are loved. You look at Jesus. He walks up to someone and they're completely demoniac, or the kid's demoniac, and um, he doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't say, How did this happen? What were you doing? Did you go watch the fourth installment of, you know, the vampire films? What happened here? <laughs> he doesn't ask. Doesn't ask if there's Freemasonry in the family. He doesn't ask. He just, he just, this is who, you, he just, the kingdom comes. This is the answer. This is the answer. Now that you are born again, when you read the scriptures, the gospels, 
You can't be Peter. He's not saved. You can't be Mary. She's not saved. You can't be Martha. She's not saved. You can't be uh, any of the Pharisees. They're not saved. You can't be Downing Thomas. They're not saved. You can't be the centurion. They're not saved. You can't be the woman of the world. She's not saved. You can't be the jeering crowd. They're not saved. You can't be a Roman centurion. He's not saved. They're all first Adams. There's only one person in the gospel you can relate to. And that's Jesus. When you read the gospels, the only person you connect to is Jesus. And that is who you truly are. Everyone else was first Adams. What you are looking is how you relate to the world. Now, when you see Mary and Martha, you might recognize some of the old men and that go, <laughs> I still do that. That's not you. You're Christ. And here's our model. So he didn't condemn, so he didn't come to condemn the world, not, hold, not holding men's sins against them. He came to set them free. That's all we do. We don't placard, G-A-Y, God abhors you. That's condemnation. That's holding people's sins against them. But Jesus said, who forgives, forgiven, and who you condemns, condemned. Well, look what we just did. We don't yell at abortion clinics and the girls walking in. There are under enough curses. Why curse them more? What we say comes to pass. So we create the image of God and we create with our words the same way he did. He's a speaking spirit, so do we. Life and death's in the tongue. We know by faith that God created the world the invisible and invisible by his words. So do we. We create with the words. We're Christ. We only help out. We don't ask how. When the lady who was caught in adultery came to him, he didn't go, what were you wearing? Where were you? What were you doing there at that time? Doesn't care. The only care is, you are made in the image of God. You have a destiny. You are righteous and pure. There's a way to be born again, to save yourself from the corruption of this world. Become an eternal being like me. And it's love and it's forgiveness. It's grace and it's mercy. The law was sent by God and put into effect by angels. Do you know why angels put it into effect? Because God's not touching it. So you do good, angels give you some cool stuff. You do bad, devils give you some bad stuff. Because they're angels too. It's put into effect by angels. But love and mercy, or grace and mercy, came by Jesus Christ. Came. He stooped down, made us great. We have a high priest that knows everything. He walked amongst us and he touched us. And he doesn't say, here, have what I've got. He says, here, become me. And we are. God is spirit. God is light. God is love. You become one. I'm not saying you're the eternal, uncreated God that planned your own creation. I'm saying that God you become one with means sewn back into his heart. Forever. Forever. The lie is that we're here and God's at the Christmas tree. That's, that's the glory realm. See this? That is the glory realm. Okay? Where the Father of lights lives. On the pagan tree. 
It's all sanctified. It doesn't matter. Everything we do in the West is pagan. Don't rage against Christmas. You have to protest weddings. Don't worry about it. So um, <laughs> we're here. God's there. There's the chasm, <laughs> the chasm, right? You know, there's the distance between me, me and God. And I accept Christ. I get permission to walk to God. Like, when I don't have Christ. I'm blind. I don't know what's going on. This is how it's described. And then I receive Jesus. My eyes are open and I see where heaven is. And then I start my journey. Read my Bible. Depending which church you are. Serve the poor. Tithe. Um, stop swearing. Obey the speed limit. Serve my wife. You know, I'm getting closer and closer. I'm becoming more and more Christ-like. The way the more I do this. And then, then someone comes through and says, Christians are supposed to perform miracles. Oh, I thought I was here, but I'm actually back here. Okay, oh, I'm just praying for miracles. I think we're moving more and more towards God. Okay? This distance, I can't even tell you how far the east is from the west. Okay? All these things is doing this. Miracles. Even before miracles, cast out demons, join the ministry team, serve, look up my wife. Oh, Christians can't, use, can't be in debt. Go get my credit card. Oh, yeah, just. yeah? You're either condemned man or Ephesians 1 says you are raised and seated in Christ. Guess where Christ is? Raised and seated in heaven. He's raised and seated in heaven far above every powers and principalities which is all this area in here that you're trying to walk through before, and now you're here in heaven with every spiritual blessing next to the Father, not praying up to the Father, next to Him, on Christ's throne, for those who ever come, get a place on Christ's throne. Not the, the bride's throne, the bride has His throne. Everything's together. You're together on His throne, in heaven, at rest, because you're raised and Seated. And seated means there's nothing more you can do. The disciples asked Jesus, What do we have to, John 6, what do we have to do to do the work that God requires? The work that God requires is this you believe in one whom he sent. Do you believe in one whom he sent? Yes, your work is done. Now you are at rest. Hebrews 4 says, he who has entered Christ's rest, which is being in Christ, like this, has ceased from his own strivings and works. Has ceased from all these things. Ceased. In fact, it says, strive to enter the rest. Or you will end in disobedience. All these things you do for God, and in disobedience. Because either you work by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, knowing what's right and wrong. I know what's right. Going to church is right. I know what's right. Reading the Bible is right. It's the law. The law stirs up sin. Guaranteed. You can end up worse than when you started. And it's a law. Like physical, like up and down, gravity, friction. It's a spiritual law. It always works. The law stirs up sin. And depending on who you are and how strong you are, it's the longer you can maintain the law. Each church has different laws. I went to a charismatic church, a large charismatic church. We had certain laws. My natural abilities, whatever I had, just fitted into their laws very well. 
and I could move in that church really well. And I went straight through ranks. To the, they wanted to make me pastor, probably head pastor, and then all these other things. It was a, quite a large church. And I was doing good. Do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. It's very simple. That's the knowledge of good and evil. Christ hates the knowledge of good and evil. It's why he had to die on the cross. It's why every rape occurs. It's why every child abuse occurs. It's why every poverty occurs. why every sickness occurs. It's why all these things occur. He hates it. And I'm using it to be a better Christian. Everything is a denial of the cross. Everything I do says, Jesus, your death on the cross did not do it. It is your death on the cross gets me to here. And from here to there is my ability to pay 10% and get to church 30 minutes early to set out the chairs and to not sleep around. It's the cross plus this. Your blood did not do it. It's your blood plus my sweat, plus my righteousness, my, my strength. And the stronger you are in your soul, the more ability you have to do that. And I had a really strong soul. And so I could stay focused and keep up all these rules, all these rules. But doing the good and evil is to do the law. To know what's right and wrong is the law. The law stirs up sin. Sin brings death. So I'm doing all these good things. What's building? Death. Death. It's building. It's building and it's weighing me down, weighing me down. I slip and I go, oh, I'm going to be more committed. And then you get, oh, I'm going to be all this. You know, and it's weighing you down, weighing you death, death. And wherever the weakest link in the chain is, that will break first. I was a single guy. I had a weak body, as I told you. I had born with all the genetic illnesses of my family. And my body collapsed. That was the weakest link. Poof, down it went. And I worked so hard for God. I did good to get good. And this is what he did to me. That's why I was really angry with God. I blamed him for everything. And I lost everything. It's a big story. Another day. But it's always coming. And we see this over and over again. If you're married, let's say you're strong. If, if I was married at that stage, I do want to get married at that stage. I know who I would have married. I would have killed that girl. Because I nearly killed myself. I, because of my past background, I wasn't abused as a kid. I, I didn't, there wasn't pornography in the house. Alcohol wasn't a problem in the house. You know, both my parents were there. They were sort of like, it's just an average Australian house. Church house, not necessarily Christian. But, you know, it was, it was fairly good. So because my soul had wasn't damaged so much as a kid, I could hold a certain amount of pressure. Okay. This girl, her childhood was horrendous. If I said, you got to, okay, just hold this point here, she could never have held that point. She would have collapsed under the pressure of my performance, being at church, being holy, being well presented, being happy, all those things. And she would have collapsed. And when she collapsed, she has to leave somehow, emotionally, physically, morally, she has to get out somehow. And when she would have, Everyone said, Chris, you are an awesome Christian. You didn't deserve this. Look how this person has, what this bad person has done to you. And you're so good, you do all these good things. And I went, yes, look what this person's done to me. Because this over and over again. You know what? I would have done that to her. I created that situation. 
I'm here because my soul was stronger than hers. Because everybody does everything they can and puts it puts out just a little bit further than where they're at. I get up in the morning and I pray. Okay, I get up in the morning and pray, and I pray for my church and I pray for salvations. I get up in the morning and I pray. I pray for the church family and Israel. I pray for, da, 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 and read the Bible. Da, 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 and read the Bible, and I'm going to fast. All right, and I'm going to talk to one person about Christ today. Wherever you are, you've got to do one more thing because it's not working. So you know it's one more thing. This guy's coming through town teaching. I've got to go to that thing. There's a, there's a, thing, at, there's a thing at church. And we've got to go through the manual and learn the whole manual. And then I'll know how to deliver. And that's what God wants me to do. One more thing. One more thing. And it's always just there. It's never out there. It's never you must walk as Christ did. Because you think, oh, I can't do that. Bingo. The devil doesn't want you to think that. He wants you to think you can do it. Just a little bit further. So what I do is go a little bit further. I'm going to crush this person. And if it wasn't, if my wife was strong too, the weakest link breaks. So who's the weakest link? Your kids. You've served God, and you've honored God, and you're upright, you're in the church, you've done everything right, and your kids rebel. You don't deserve that. Look what they've done to you. You created that situation. And to know that's precious. Once you know it, you see it, you can make sure it never happens again. <laughs> it's in your control. You think, how do these kids rebel? We presented as a solid unit a standard they could never live up to. You can't get from here to there. <laughs> you're not allowed there. You're not welcome there. Either you are completely sinful, wretched, or... You're born again and all your sins have been taken away. Here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Your sins have been taken away in the future ones. They've been taken away. You're completely holy, completely righteous, completely in the stature of Christ. With all his authority, his words on his lips are powerful as his words on your lips. You can do anything he can do. You're completely accepted in God. You are a spirit being raised and seized in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, partaking the divine nature. Welcome in the heart of God. Always acceptable, always pure, always righteous. He has become for us our sanctification. You're not even trying to sanctify yourself. Get a little bit more holy, a little bit more holy. You are sanctified. Christ is your sanctification. It's done. It is finished. There's nothing more for you to do. It's received gift. It's not good instruction. It's good news. Righteousness is a gift. Sanctification is a gift. Holiness is a gift because you receive Christ and He has all these things for you. He is your very being, your very nature. It's no longer you live. It's Christ who lives in you. That is what you are. You are Christ living on this earth. These are His members. These are His feet. These are His voice. Everything you are is Christ. You gave yourself up. You belong to Him. Everything that's yours has died and you've risen again. There's no generational curses. You're one generation from God. God did not break the law. God was not a Freemason. You are free from all these things. You are raised and seated in heavenly places right now in Christ. That's the miracle. And you're either here or you're here. And there's no place in between. Make a decision today. I mean, the completely love, the complete access to heaven, the throne of grace in my time of need. Not my time of being awesome, my time of need. Because my conscience is sprinkled clean. I am perfect. I go to God sometimes. Because your emotions and everything and, and, the, and the, how life looks and how you feel would say that you're definitely here. <laughs> but I'm here. I go, God, I need, a, I need a, an acceptance boost. Like, 
<laughs> like, you mean it, mean it, boost? I just need, just, just tell me I'm accepted. And just, that's what he wants to do. He paid for that privilege. That's what he wants to do. He, he saved up a lot, lot for that, his son. He paid a son for that. How much more, not, give, not holding back his son, how much more he give us all things, all things. You're either there or you're here. You're the first Adam, wretched, condemned, rebellious to God, going to hell, who has to work and work and work and work to please God, but still won't ever happen. Or you receive the free gift of being in heaven, one with Christ. Completely accepted. There are your two choices. There's no other choice. They're the two states of being. Where are you? What's the work God requires? To believe on whom he sent. Do you believe on whom he sent? Yes, you did. You're at rest. You've ceased from your strivings. There's nothing more to do. Has anyone here ever received a dream from God? Like had a dream at night time and thought that was from God? Yep, okay. How hard did you have to work for that dream? You had to sleep. You had to sleep. You rested. And God spoke to you. That's how everything comes so no man can boast by grace through faith. Everything comes that way. Everything comes that way. Okay, so all of you here, bar five, would understand that there are your three-part being. Yep. You are body... Soul and spirit. Yep, everyone knows that. Okay, and we know that in all creation there is God up here. We'll call this the third realm. We'll explain why in a minute. And He created all things seen, first realm. Is seeing creation and everything unseen. That's unseen creation. And here's God up here in the third realm. So that's obviously uncreated. Like he didn't create. He's eternal. Okay. There's the first realm with the seeing creation. That's everything physical. That's this. That's birds, dogs, trees, air, comets, water, breath. Everything's created. Everything's physical. Anything physics can measure. Anything that, um, that can be touched, tasted, seen, has an effect. Okay? That's seeing creation. You connect this realm with your body. If you didn't have a body, you couldn't do this. Okay? You couldn't hug anyone. You wouldn't even be here. Your body is what keeps you in this realm. This earth suit, as 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 calls it, this earth suit is what keeps you here. The second realm is the unseen creation, which is, oh, sorry, and this has all its rules as well. Physics, gravity, what goes up, what must go down, heat transfer. Second realm, okay, that's all the unseen creation. Powers, principalities, thrones, angels, demons, Nephilim, sons of God, whatever they, all those things are, they're all in here. I mean, angels also up here, of course. But you know, but the demons are right here. They're not allowed to go up there. So um, all the invisible things are here. There's all the invisible rules, which is sowing and reaping, blessing and cursing, um, all of those things like that. Yep, yep. Um, generational curses, etc. They're there. 
And then there's the third realm, which you connect with your spirit, and that is heaven. That's where God is. That's his throne, okay? So that's the third realm, uncreated. When you're not saved, when Adam fell, he was out of Eden, okay? So he could not go to the spirit realm anymore. He had to live out of his soul and body. He couldn't live out of his spirit. His spirit was dead, darkened, okay? He cannot use it anymore. Does he have a spirit? Yes, he does. You can use it? No, it's not connected to God. Not connected to God means dead, dead in his transgressions. He is two-thirds or 0.666 reoccurring of what he's supposed to be. Uncreate, unsaved man can only use his soul and his body. That's all he's got. So you've got to train that soul. Get that soul ready. Discipline that body, okay, to please God. That's all you've got. We know that uh, the temple had an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies. Yep. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? What happened to the curtain that separated the holy of holies where, he, where God lived from the rest of the world? It was torn, wasn't it? Okay. And when you accept Christ, that's what happens in you. That curtain is torn, and your spirit is now again connected to God's spirit. Okay. And you now become one. You can live out the very thing you are, a spirit. And God says you are now raised and seated in Christ. And this is where you live. You live here. You're a spirit being. And that's where you are. Forever and ever and ever. Raised and seated in heavenly places. You're not here. You're not here. This is what you are. Now, anything that um, these three systems work, uh, you will see how they work. Authority always goes down. One, the top high one outrule a lower one. Somewhere high court outrules a lower court. You go to a local council and you get a um, permission to build a shed at the back of your house, a big garage, whatever you call them, and the higher council overrules it. The higher court, the Alabama court overrules it. Bad luck, gone. You go to the federal court and they say you let it have the garage, then Alabama's overruled. Okay? Doesn't matter, just overruled like that. Same with your body, soul, spirit. If your body is like, oh, I'm sick, I'm in bed, I'm not getting out today, okay? That's your physical body and something comes to your soul. You've won $20 million. Overruled. Life's good. Yeah? Yeah? Okay? Or the opposite, like you've got a good, healthy system and your body's awesome and you're healthy. It happened to a friend of mine and their partner left them. Their hair went white. It all fell out. They lost all the hair in their body. They, went, they lost all their weight, Okay? Overruled. This says, I want to die. Okay, die it is. Overruled. Yep. Demons work in this area. They want to say nasty stuff to you. If you come to agreement with it, there's power in agreement. It overrules your body. It overrules your soul. Okay. Religion tries to get us up this way. Like that, okay. We're trying, we're, we're trying to get here. We're trying to be the best point six six we can be, okay? And religion started here, okay, let's whip ourselves, let's wear these clothes, all body stuff, all natural stuff, let's kneel for so long, let's, let's fast, let's count these rosary beads, everything here. But oh, we're much better than that, we're the charismatic church. We don't use that nonsense, we are way above those crazy Catholics, we're up here. <laughs> we know the charismatic laws, we know the blessing and cursing, we know about generational curses, we can get a tree out, we can go back and do all these things. And we know about tithing. We know about giving and receiving. We know about all these things. We're just doing the same crazy stuff. Because all this down works from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This works by the tree of life. 
anything, knowing the good and evil, knowing the law, knowing it's right and wrong, do good, get good, do bad, get bad, is offensive. Because it says it's whatever Jesus did plus the charismatic rules of my church. It's me plus my fasting, me plus wearing black, or me, <laughs> how ridiculous, it's me plus me tithing. That's what we do, isn't it? Well, it's me plus whatever it is. Me plus me not smoking or something, you know. In some churches, you've got to be poor to be spiritual. In other churches, you've got to be rich to be spiritual. It's all BS, bad scripture. Don't go there. <laughs> we live up here, raised and seated, already in heaven. All the resources of heaven are there. And we live from heaven down. We bring heaven to earth. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. We go down. We never pray up. We get taught to pray up. This is why people, you hear people rage against three-realm teaching. They do it because people teach it like this. We're down here in our bodies and we pray up to heaven. And up it goes. That's to get round the demon, you know, and up through there, you know. And eventually it gets to there. And maybe God will come down so the messenger will come down and go, you know, listen to it. And that's what we believe. We pray up, up, up. That's why we do spiritual mapping to get rid of all these things above us. All these things. Lord, get rid of um, Vulcan or something. Get rid of all those things above us. Every town you go to, Chris, this is Freemasonry. Chris, ah, oh, this is where the, the indigenous people did this. Chris is the place of witchcraft. Chris, this is where Voodoo is. So what? I am here. The highest the devil can ever get is here. Okay, I'm raised and seated far above all principalities and powers. This, this, this square should be like right up there to the roof. And I draw a little thing here. Okay, that's a chair. So the the, the devil comes to here. Okay. Okay. He can, only get, he can only get that far. He's not learning the Holy of Holies. He's not redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He's not. Okay? He, there is, he can't get in. So, where is he? He's under my feet. I live here. If I want to change anything in the physical realm, like someone's body, or anything in this realm, like in someone's soul, I pray down. I never pray up. Whatever you pray up to is your master. Whatever you pray down to is your servant. You make that choice even though you're here. And you can only be here by knowing you're perfectly loved and loving others. As soon as you make a judgment on yourself, judgments are no good and evil. This is innocence. This is the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? If I don't forgive Fred because of something he really did, I've made a judgment. I've come off my throne and I'm living down here to get this dude or I stay in love, I forgive him, and I stay up here. I mean, I'm always here. What I'm doing... You ever seen um, The Long Witch in the Wardrobe where Aslan lets himself get shaved? That's what you're doing. But it's already been done once, and I'll do it again. When I... When this guy's hurt me, and he's literally done something wrong, I can do two things. I can stay here at the court of grace and mercy that came through Christ, or I can come down here to law... I can come down and I come to the law court where it's perfect. I want justice against this man. I go, all right, let's get some justice for this guy. And while you're here, Chris Blackaby, we've got, some, we've got a list of things against you too. It's a perfect court. I'm going to get hammered. Because people say, how can you be this new creation and how can like, you know, be thrown to the torturers? 
You put yourself there like, like Jesus, like Aslan got shaved. You're not allowed to do that. It's been done once. You're not allowed to atone for your own sin. You are not allowed to self-punish. It is banned. You're not allowed to have judgment over people. Judgment unto death. You're allowed to judge unto mercy. It's a different judgment. They're two different words in Greek, but we translate them the same. But judgment. You're banned from judging unto death. If I want justice against this guy, I'm judging him unto death. I need to drag this situation and Fred into this court and say, God, this is what's happened. It truly happened. And I want everything I want for myself. On his sins never be found out. On him be forgiven. I'll be covered. I want no sowing and reaping. I want him to know you. That's what I want for myself. I'm doing it to others. And God goes, yes, you can both have it. Because God is good to the wicked and the evil. And I'm God like God. I'm going to do what he does. He's good to the wicked and the evil. That's what Jesus did. That's what I'm doing. I stay here. I don't get off and come down here. We want to live from here with all the resources of heaven. I want to stay there. If I judge myself and say I'm this and I'm that, anything that's not Christ, it's like a spirit of divorce. I'm separating myself from Christ and calling what God's called holy unholy. And I'm putting myself in these situations. Now, demons can't touch me. Because any man, if you're in Christ, you don't sin. That's a promise, not a command to get up to. That's where you are. Because you're a spirit born from heaven, from born from above. That spirit has never sinned. Never. It came from God. It's an incorruptible seed. It can't be corrupted. Have you sinned? No, because you're a spirit. That spirit came from God. It has never sinned. Do I do sins on the earth? Oh, yeah, I do. But, <laughs> well, I, that's not who I am. That's my soul and my body. It's like having your car. Did your car crash? Yes, it did. It's, did someone let down your tires? Yes, they did. It's not you. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live a body. You are perfect forever. And I and it says, we'll be in Christ in 1 John 4, I think, or 5. It says that they do not sin. Jesus himself keeps them. And the devil touches him not. Let's settle something once and for all. If you're a Christian... The devil touches you not. If you're a Christian, the devil doesn't touch you. Doesn't touch you. So all your plans you're making, or your desires in your heart, if you could remove the devil from the idea of that, remove it out, that's good theology. Because the devil touches you not. But if you believe he can, you come to agreement with him and he'll take the opportunity. Yeah. Because I've gone down to his court and he goes, wow, Jesus is standing here in front of me and just doing this. You know, like with Aslan, they go up to him and go, this for real? Can we really do this? Is it really going to happen? Yeah, it's going to happen. And that's what you're doing. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't get back down here. You're here. You rule and reign as a king. You rule down. Authority works like this. The whole spiritual world works on authority. So you have the Father, the Son, which was the Word at that time, and the Holy Spirit, okay? And he created, he created man in the Garden of Eden. Let's, uh, yeah, put him there. Keep those dots going along. That'll work nicely. And then there, it was all of uh, creation. There's the uh, un, unseen creation, the seen creation. And the devil was thrown out and the devil was put down here, like as far as authority is concerned. 
Okay, and man had rule over everything in the Garden of Eden. Whatever you look down, whatever you pray down on, you rule over. You pray up too, rules over you. Okay? You pray up, that rules over us. Pray down, speak down, command down over this. Man gave away the righteousness God gave him, and it now looked like this. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, unseen creation, or the angels and devils, seeing creation, the devil. Actually, the devil gets all our cool stuff now. Good for him. And there's man down here. Okay? Current Christianity says, you're this guy saved. You've got to get all your prayers up through all this nonsense to get to here. That's the unsafe situation. The sun came down, stooped down, and made us great. And he puts us here. Oh, we'll say new man. New man. Old man. Okay. That's where you are. So, the Holy Spirit is there because he serves us. That's how humble he is. That's the humility of love. We're the same as Jesus, except he was firstborn and the Father's above us. Okay, we don't rule over the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's make that very clear. But this, that's love. Wherever you think you are is what you will do. If you think your Christianity is doing so well, pretty well, and you're about here, okay, you'll pray for things and you'll fight depression. But the big devil comes, he's above you, and you will freak out. Yep. Think of it this way. Authority, praying downs, eyes opened, submissions, eyes up. Okay? Eyes, eyes closed. That's eyes closed, that's eyes open. It's a metaphor. Okay? Anything below you is eyes open, commanding. Everything above you is eyes closed. If you think the devil is here and you're here because you use pornography or you step with your partner or you've got gambling problems and you think you're there and the devil's above you, you are eyes up to the devil. Eyes closed, looking up to the devil. You think you're below him, he's ruling over you. Because anything you go go up to rules over you. But you're not. You're there and the devil touches you not. And your use of pornography or your um, getting into debt or your gambling or your gossiping or your inability to whatever hasn't changed your righteousness. You didn't didn't achieve your righteousness. I can't unachieve your righteousness. Didn't qualify you, can't disqualify you. You are Christ's settled. You're not here. You're here. You're either filthy or you're righteous. You're either here or you're here. And once you're here, everything is underneath you. You pray down on everything. You don't pray up, you pray down. You don't pray, do not shut the heavens. If the heavens shut, you're on the inside. Yeah? You're in heaven, raised and seated in heaven. And Everything is below you. Everything is below you. That's why all of creation, seen creation and unseen creation, yearn for the revealing of sons or the manifestation of sons. They want us to set everything back in order, back like Eden. And we can do that. That's what we'll maybe talk about tomorrow. So what I want to do is read some scriptures. I want you to see this is in your Bible. So it can never be taken from you. Do this first. Okay. So the big division is, is here. 
Okay. This is spirit. And this is flesh. This is the law of life. And this is the law of death, or sin and death. Death and sin, we'll call it. Sin and death. Death and sin. Okay. This is the tree of life. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the spiritual mind. This is the carnal mind. This is life. And this is death. <laughs> this is... This is a... Heaven, and this is earth under the fall. This is sensitive, this is sensual, this is union, this is separation, this is rest. This is work. This is eternal. Eternal. This is time bound and temporal. So you've got a choice to go by the spirit or by the flesh. You've got a choice to have spirit or flesh, life or death and sin, life or knowledge of good and evil, the spiritual mind, the carnal mind. Heaven or the fallen earth, sensitive or sensual. Sensual means going by your five, by your physical senses or your emotions, which are your senses, or sensitive to the spirit. Either in union with God or separated. You're either at rest or at work. You're in the eternity, you're working by time-bound temporal things. So what I want to do is read some scriptures. And you're going to see this is all in scripture over and over and over and over again. In fact, the scriptures are going to say this much better than I just did. Which is good. I've got a multi-translation Bible here, so this is Romans six, one to fourteen. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Did I say that? I did not. So this is grace <laughs> and and love. Okay, this is grace and love. Okay. This is this is condemnation. <laughs> you don't want that. Okay. For those who remember, this is hope, faith, and love. I'll just say this quickly, just to recap for those who were here earlier, <laughs> came here last time. If you're just a natural Christian in this physical realm, God's way up here. You've got to do hope prayers. So you just go, oh, Lord, I hope I do good in my exams. Like, you know, oh, Lord, would you please heal me? Like, it's like you just think of a Catholic prayer. Like, oh, you know, God, one day maybe you'll come through and, you know, do this for my daughter or whatever, you know. You just throw up this hope prayer. Okay, and up it goes. Okay. Second realm is faith. The more you learn about faith, I learn about sowing and reaping. Okay, I need a financial miracle. I've sowed some money. I'm going to get it back. I've got faith in that system. 
you know, hold my confession, hold my confession, okay? The more faith I get, the stronger I get, and my hope will rise to my faith. If I've got this much knowledge about spiritual laws, my hope will get to there. This much knowledge, my hope will get to there. If I'm down here and the demon manifests, I freak out. If I'm here, the demon manifests, it's a shootout. I know my rules, I've got my faith together, I know that you must get out. No, I won't get out. Yeah, and I have, I have, have a shootout. If I'm up here, I'm ready, I put on the armour, I've cleansed the bloodline, I've, I've prayed over the house, I've repented of generational sins, I'm going to take that thing down. If I'm up here, my hope will rise to how prepared I am. You know, you talk to people that are in um, that, type of, that type of ministry and they have to get ready for it, prepare themselves and stuff like that. Or, if I know I'm in love, my hope and my faith rise to how much I know I'm loved. I have all the faith and all the, all the hope I need. Because I'm loved. Yeah? So I'm at rest in love. Okay. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Can you in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, we're dead to sin, this is sin, how are we that are dead to sin live there any longer? Know you not <laughs> that as many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were also baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead to the glory of the Father, so even so we shall walk in a new life, that we too might live and move in a new sphere of life, that we should also live an entirely new life, that we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. We're raised with him. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, that we may also live in a tiny new life. We've died and risen again. For if we, if we implanted together with Christ into his death, we shall also, in likeness of his resurrection, we shall certainly be united with him in his resurrection. Surely we shall share a resurrection life like his. We'll share a resurrection life like his. Not in the future, right now. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin may be destroyed, that we might no longer be slave to sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. That he that is a dead man can safely be said to be immune from the power of sin. For the man who has so died has been pronounced righteous and released from sin. Sin has no power of you. Sin is not an issue. It's never an issue. It's irrelevant. It's gone. The devil's gone. Sin is gone. Because you are like Christ. Does sin affect Jesus? No, it doesn't. It's not your problem. You are completely righteous. Your nature is holy. The only reason you don't do that is because we uh, haven't transformed their minds and we think that God is not with us, we're not in love, and so we start using these systems. And these systems, knowledge of good and evil, and they stir up sin. When you know your love, you're at rest here, you won't sin, you're at rest, and you only do what you see the Father doing. Is God sinning? No, neither are you. You're going to do what you see Him doing. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Him. We should also share in His life. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Christ once raised from the dead will never die again. Death has no dominion over him. Death has no power over him. Death has no lordship over him. Death has no power to touch him. It is finished. For if that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. But now he lives forever in unbroken fellowship with God. Christ lives in unbroken fellowship with God. You are in him. You live in unbroken fellowship with God. Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead into sin, but alive to God. So you must think of yourselves as dead to sin, but alive to God. So you two must consider yourselves as having ended your relationship with sin, but living in an unbroken relationship with God. You are living here in a broken relationship with God. That means nothing you do can break it. 
It's unbreakable. You are in heaven forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let sin therefore not reign as king in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. Neither offer your members, but yield yourselves unto God, that they, as those who are alive from the dead. You must dedicate yourselves to God as men who have been brought from death to life. For sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Trivological evil is law. Any time you use this system, sin will have dominion over you. Like Aslan offering himself to the shearers. If you use this system at rest, in grace, raise the seed of them here, you won't sin. Sin will have no dominion over you. Because it says, for sin shall have no dominion over you, sin shall have mastery over you, have no control over you, will not lord over you, will not be your master, for you are not under law but under grace. For you are not under the rule of law, but under the rule of grace. You are not to be governed by law, but under grace. Sin is not your problem. It never, ever will be your problem. If it is, sin is your problem in some area of your life, it just means that your mind hasn't been transformed and you're still living here. Because love hasn't cast out that fear. Because everything you do which is sinful, you're trying to get something God wanted to give you anyway by your own strength. You think God's not going to give it to you. You think of every sin you commit, you're trying to get something that God wanted to give you anyway by your own strength, you don't think God's going to get it to you. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's not counted against you. It's already been forgiven because the God took away the sins of the world. Took them away. Okay? So just start living like you are. Sin's not a problem. There's no condemnation. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. In Christ. Of the world, in Christ. Romans 8. This is therefore, there is therefore oh, no condemnation to them which are in Christ. The conclusion of the matter is this. The conclusion. There is no condemnation for those who are united with Christ. For the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made you free from the law of sin and death. Has made you, past tense, free. Through the, your union with Christ Jesus, the law of life-giving spirit, the, the, the spirit's law of life in Christ has set you free, lifts you out of the law of sin and death, from the principle of sin and death, from the power of sin and death, from the law of sin that kills the old vicious cycle and circle of sin. Who knows that one? Okay, For the law, for what the law, the knowledge of good and evil, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. What law could not do as far as our earthly nature weakened in its action, God did by sending his own son with a nature resembling our sinful nature to atone for sin. He's atoned for your sin. Make a decision. I will never punish myself again. I will never punish myself again. I will not hold back prayer. I will not hold back answers. I will not hold myself back from going to God's presence. I will not withhold anything from me to punish myself. I will never self-atone. It's been done. Do not do it again. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us in order that the righteous requirement of the law may be fully met in our case already. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Who live now in obedience, not by earthly nature, but to our spirit. For our lives are not ruled by our lower spiritual, lower parts, but by our spiritual natures. For they that are after the flesh, do the, those who are after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. If men comply with their lower nature, their thoughts are shaped by their lower nature. But when they are after the spirit, 
the things of the and the things but when after the spirit, the things of the spirit. But they who live after the Spirit give their attention to spiritual things. But those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing the things that please God. You're just doing it. For God, for the carnally minded, to, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But to set your mind on flesh brings death, whereas to set your mind on the Spirit brings life and peace. Because a carnal mind is an enemy at God, for it has not subjected itself to the law of God. Neither, neither can it, it cannot obey. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Anything you do by the truth of knowledge of good and evil cannot please God. Even it's going to church, even it's giving to the poor. You've done it by your own flesh. It's rejection of the cross. Anything you do by the knowledge of good and evil, knowing what's right and wrong as opposed to innocence, that you just completely accepted, from this rest completely accepted, you give out of that abundance at rest. It doesn't please God anymore. He's already pleased. If you're doing anything to avoid bad or to do good, it doesn't please God at all. It's the old system. Because those in the flesh cannot please God, cannot satisfy God, cannot be acceptable to God. But you are not in the flesh. Good news. You are in the spirit. You have not controlled by the flesh. You're in the spirit. If so, if so that be, oh, New King James, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, if the Spirit of God has His home in you. Does the Spirit of God have His home in you? Yes, He does. You are not controlled by the flesh. It has no power over you whatsoever. That's a lie. This fight against the old dead man. He's gone. He's buried. You're Christ. Does Christ have to rage against the old man? No, He doesn't. Neither do you. You have it. It is your actual nature. Now, if any man, be, if any man not have the Spirit of Christ, this is none of his. He's not a Christian at all. And if Christ be in you, this is you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life of righteousness. Your spirit is full of life because of righteousness. Your spirits are now, your spirits, not your spirits, your spirits are now enjoying life because of right standing with God. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, But, uh, yeah. but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus up from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you, he shall make alive your death-doomed body, shall endow with life your dying bodies, will also make your dying body live. So once you've got this in you, he is going to bring life to all this. Because top reigns down, top to bottom, every single time therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh for you live the flesh you shall die don't do this but if ye through the spirit do mortify the spirits of the, the deeds of the body but if you by the power of the spirit you put an end to these evil habits you shall live for as many as led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God for if you have received the spirit of bondage, for you have not received the spirit of bondage to fear. For you have not received the spirit of bondage that you should go back again to living in slavish fear. This is fear-based. Okay, separation from God, punishment, lack, shame. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness in our spirit, for we are the children of God. If the children of God, then heirs of God and joint heirs in Christ. If so be, we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon, have I done that right? For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, this is time, time bound, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
for the earnest expectation of the creatures wait for the manifestation of the sons of God. All these creatures, all the creation, are waiting for us to be this. They're all waiting for it. And now it's being preached. Preach comes faith, faith comes the reality. For the creatures, the creature was, for creation was made subject to vanity, to decay, to imperfection, to fertility, not willing, but by reason of him who had subjected in this, the same in hope, because the, the creation itself shall not be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Oh, hang on, sorry, I read that wrong. In hope. Basically what I was saying, oh, New King James, I should have chosen a different version. New King James <laughs> says that all this is one in hope to be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. All this is waiting to get what we've got. That means trees are waiting to get what we've got. That means stars and planets are waiting to get what we've got. They're all waiting to get what we've got. They're all waiting. That's Romans 6. That was Romans 8. This is Morse Romans 8. And, then we, and we know that all good things work together to good for them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did not, for whom he did foreknow, he also predestined, for appointed, marked of his own, to be conformed into the image of his Son. He knew him except Christ, so he's ordained you to make the, become the very image of Christ. The very image. Not in his image, first Adam, the very image. Him, Christ. To be conformed the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we become like him then he's the firstborn of many people like him. It just goes on. Gee whiz. Read all Romans 8. I'll read some quick ones. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 21. For whether... (laughs) Are we insane to say such things about ourselves? That we are this? If so, it is bring the glory to God. Or sober sense, take them, uh, we're saying it for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we, because we are of the opinion that if one has put to death for all, then all have undergone death. Christ died for us all. So, that, so we've all died. Everyone's died. When you accept Christ, you've died. We look at it like this. If one died for all, then in a sense they have all died. Christ died for us so that being alive should no longer mean living our own life, but his life. No longer our life, but his life who died for us. We therefore know no man after the flesh. For ourselves then, from this time forward, we refuse to regard anyone from the world's standpoint. We no longer regard anyone as a man. We no regard anyone as human. Once convinced of this, I estimate no one by its external I think of no one in a merely human fashion. Therefore, I look no one from a human point of view. Therefore, I look nothing based on the outward life. Therefore, I don't count anyone in the estimate of a man. Now you're a new creation. Don't think of yourself as human anymore. Are you insane to say things like this? Yes, we are, but it's for God. Even when you used to think of Christ, we no longer think of Christ that way. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Whosoever then is in Christ is a new creation. Therefore, as anyone in union with Christ, he is a new being. Therefore, a new creation whenever a man comes to be in Christ. For a man is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. You are a new person altogether. Altogether. The past is gone, the new has come. 
when anyone is united with Christ, there is a new world. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. The old has passed away. Everything has become new. Everything has finished and gone. Everything has become fresh and new. You are fresh and new. Every day, every minute, you are fresh and new because Jesus is eternal and doesn't decay. You are always fresh and new. All the things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What I mean is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not putting their sins against them, not counting their transgressions against them, not reckoning their sins against them, no longer holding their misdeeds against them, and has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. I'm just going through, this is book after book. So I just went Romans, Corinthians, this is Galatians. This I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <laughs> the flesh lasts, lusts or wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Did you hear that? If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the Ten Commandments. Because the Spirit's doing them anyway. The law of love fulfills all the prophets and all the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. By letting yourself be led by the Spirit, you will free yourself from the yoke of the law. When you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. That's a good one for the church. We'll put the Ten Commandments back in school. What a waste of time. Now the works of flesh are manifest. The works of the flesh. This is a work... When I put that, I put that anywhere. This is a work. This is a fruit. Okay? The works of the flesh are manifest. If you go here trying to please God, you will end up in idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, idolatry, enmity, jealousy, passionate anger, intrigues, divisions, sectarian parties, <laughs> dissensions, intrigues. Contentions, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelry, and such like. Okay? I wish I told you that is not the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or our self-control. Fruit. If you're in the Spirit, all those things just come. If you're trying to be those things, you'll end up in all those works of the flesh. You will, you will, you will, you will. It's going to come out somewhere. And that, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its afflictions and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let our steps be guided by the Spirit. If the Spirit is the source of life, let the Spirit also direct our course. So Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, let's do Ephesians and Colossians. I just want to drill this in. If <laughs> Thank you. One, Ephesians 1, 3 to 8. This is good news, not good instruction. None of this is instruction. All this is good news, what's being done. Ephesians 1, 
3 to 8. Blessed be the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, every spiritual blessing, higher than heaven itself, that heaven itself enjoys. All the spiritual blessings that heaven itself enjoys are ours. Accordingly, He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. Before the world was formed, you were chosen already in Him. In Him, in Him, you were pure before the world began, you'll be pure in the world after it began, because this is eternal, okay? You are in Christ, you were found in Christ before you were lost in Adam. You are holy, the Lamb was slain, your sins were paid for before the foundation of the world, so that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. You are holy and without blame, you cannot even blame yourself. You cannot have a go at yourself, you cannot harm yourself, you just have to accept that you're holy, that's the quickest way. The shortest distance between two points is to be there already. <laughs> the shortest distance is between two points. It's not that the best ministries or the best manuals or the be- is to be there already. That's the quickest way. I want to stop sinning. Okay, realize you're not a sinner. That is the quickest way. I want to be righteous. Realize that you are already righteous. That is the fastest way. For we should not be ho- that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. In love. Be consecrated and above reproach in his sight in love. You are above reproach. We're going to see later. Who can condemn? Who can condemn? Who can condemn the holy ones? No one can condemn the holy ones. I actually skipped that one before. We shall. To be dedicated and without blemish in his sight, to be full of love. That we might be holy and blameless in his sight, living in the spirit of love. In love. We've got love up here. Having, having predestined us unto adoption as children by Jesus Christ himself, according to his pleasure and goodwill, because it pleased him, and it was his kind intent. Whoa. To the praise and glory of grace of Lord, to the praise and glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted and beloved, which he freely bestowed on us the beloved, the beloved one, in which he has enriched us in the beloved one, which he has made us welcome in the everlasting love he bears towards the beloved. The same love he has towards Christ, we are welcome in that. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to his riches of grace. Our sins are forgiven. Therein lies the riches of God's free grace, which he has abounded towards us in all wisdom. That's amazing. 117, that the that Ephesians 1.17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding being open that's what's happening right now that ye may that you may call that you may realize the hope given to you that the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and that which is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe how tremendous is the power available to us who believe how tremendous is that power? We don't use it because we, we disqualify ourselves. But we're not disqualified. We're qualified according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him up from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above every principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but the world which is to come, and gave him to be head over all the church that is his body, the fullness of him that fills all things. And he has 
And you have been quickened, and so you have been given life. You have been raised from death to life. You were dead in your trespasses. He found you dead men. Such were your transgressions, such were your sinful ways that you lived. Where in the time past you walked according to the ways of this world. In the times past you walked according to these ways. You walked in the ways of the world. That's when you followed the fashions of this world according to the prince, the power of the air. That dude there. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we have all had our conversations in times past, okay, as past, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, where he loved us, because of his great love, because of his intense love, because of the excess of the love of which he loved us, even when we're dead in sins, even though we're dead men, he has quickened us, called us to share the life of Christ, gave life to us in giving life to Christ, has made us live again with Christ. He is giving us the life of Christ. By grace you are saved. It is remembered by grace and not by achievement that you are saved and has raised you together and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Has. He has raised us up with Christ and through our union with Christ Jesus may us sit down in heaven. You are sitting in heaven right now. The world doesn't look like this, okay? Your soul doesn't sit on top. Boom. Your soul doesn't sit on top of your body, which sits on top, and your spirit sits on top. Where's your soul? Here. Where's your body? Here. Where's your spirit? Right here. Okay, angels don't stand on your head, where angels right here. Okay? So where's the physical realm? Here. Where's the invisible realm? Here. Where's heaven? Right here. In you. Right here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. The kingdom's inside you. Okay, you're raised to see it in heavenly places. The heaven's right here. You just can't see it. It's invisible. Okay, but it's right here. We're heaven on earth. You are heaven on earth. You are heaven on earth. That's what you are. Heaven is God's home. Where's God's home? You are God's home. If you're God's home and heaven's God's home, you are heaven, you are heaven on earth. You are the Ark of the Covenant, you are Garden of Eden, you are Christ on earth. You are heaven and earth together, you are heaven and earth come together and we get to bring that out to other people. Even when we're dead in our sins, he's quickened us together with Christ and has raised us up together and made us sit in heaven. <laughs> he's made us sit in heaven, made us sit with him on the high that in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is God's gift. It didn't come from yourself, not your own action. It is not due to yourself, not of works, not due to your obedience to the law. It cannot be earned. It is not the result of anything that you do that anyone can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He has ordained for us before the foundation of the world. Okay. Colossians, last. You see it's all through Scripture. Okay. Colossians 2, 6. How are we going all right? Is this good? Be strong? One more. Colossians 2, 6. And ye therefore received Christ Jesus. All right. So just as you once accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must live in vital union with him. And now just as you, trust, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. 
rooted and built up in the faith, established in the faith with him. Having the roots of your being firmly planted in him and continually building yourselves up in him and always being increasingly confirmed in the faith. As you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Be on your guard, don't let your minds be captured by hollow and, and loose speculations. That's all this area here. This is man's deceit. And the traditions of man, this is the traditions of men in here, okay? And the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Guided by human tradition, following material ways and looking to things. Do not be, don't be built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of what Christ has said. Don't be taken captive by these things. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. For in Christ there is all of God in the human body. And you are complete in him. So you have everything when you have Christ. So you have everything when you have Christ. And you are filled with God through your union with Christ. You are filled with God. Which is the head of all principality and power. And whom we also... And also in whom we, oh, you, you can James. In whom also ye are circumcised with, and in circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sin of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. Remember Romans six, buried him in baptism, when you were also risen with him through faith in the operation of God. You by baptism have been united in his burial, wherein you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God through your faith and the all-powerfulness of God, and because you have faith in the tremendous power of God, you are partakers of his resurrection through God, who has also raised Christ from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has quickened you together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. God raised you to share his life, for he forgave all your transgressions. He's pardoned all your sins... Is giving you the life of Christ. All your sins are forgiven. They're all gone. Never punish yourself again. You can't. They've all been paid for. You can't pay for them twice. And he's giving you the life of Christ. Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances which were against you. What's that? That's the law. The handwriting of the law that was against you. Took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled the principalities and powers. Or the cross discarded the cosmic powers and authorities. And having drawn the sting of all the powers that ranged against us, he has made a show of them openly triumphing over them. He has exposed them, shattered, empty, defeated, in final glorious triumphant act. Let no man... Oh, okay. <laughs> Put to death, therefore, treat as dead. Put to death... Make dead your, uh, your earthly inclinations, your lower earthly natures. And put on the new man, and clothe yourself with that is new. And put on the new nature that has begun a new life, which is renewed in the knowledge of him, in the image of him that created him, that is being renewed, who is being moulded afresh unto the personal knowledge that is being refitted all the time for closer knowledge, so that the image of God who created it as its pattern, you are made in the pattern of God, where there is no Greek, nor Jew, nor circumcision, nor barbarian, nor Scythian, or free. I'm going to stop there.
one last thing I didn't read in Romans 8, I'll skip the rest. It says, um, If God be for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but lived him up for us. He shall not freely give us all things. Who shall lay any charge against God's elect? Who is, 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 is making a furious command here. Who will lay any charge against you? Who shall bring an accusation against the chosen ones of God? Who, what accuser can harm God's chosen? Who will bring a charge against God's people? Who would dare to accuse us who God has chosen? It is God that justifies. He who pronounces them righteous is God. It's God who acquits them. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You're either here, completely condemned, or you are here, completely righteous. You're either living here. This is here, and that is over there. You're either a spirit, or you're a carnal man. You're either old nature, or you're born again, a new creation that never existed before. You either treat yourself as that, you treat yourself as this. Make a decision. You'll make a decision. Either Christ did it all, or he didn't do anything. If, if righteousness could be achieved, then Christ died for nothing, Galatians says. You are here, raised and seated in heavenly places. Okay. So I to pray. Father, this is an awesome foundation, your gospel. We died with you, died with Christ, we raised as Christ. Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, when we know this, Know that we live by love. Know that we're in love. Know that we're at rest. Everything else leads to disobedience and sin. Lord, you've done it all. And the devil touches us not. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's find good soil and produce a crop. By the power of your Spirit, we're at rest. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you listened very well, very well, okay? Yeah, and for anybody who wants to um, listen to Chris's ministry, I just left a little red box over here, so if you feel free, you can write your text to um, As He Is Ministries, it's written on it. Okay. So thanks again, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to say, I thought, I didn't do this, there's new people here, all this belongs to us, okay? So, if I'm a new creation, I'm allowed to use physics, I'm allowed to use chairs, I'm allowed to use combustion engines. If I'm a new creation, I'm allowed to use sowing and reaping, I'm allowed to use sozo, I'm allowed to use all these things, okay? They're all good things, but I do it from here, okay? I'm not doing them to get up to there, I'm doing them down. I just want to make sure there's a real clarification there. I haven't wiped out people's ministries with a statement. They're all very good things. I sow and reap, I love it, okay? But I'm not sowing and reaping to get to heaven, I'm doing it. Because I own it. Everything's mine. This is mine. The whole earth is mine. All the created realms are mine. All the uncreated realms are mine. Okay, I, I take care of it. So, so I'll clarify that. Thank you very much. Very good. <laughs> All right, um, if you can't come other nights, you've got some questions, just write a question and put it in the money box, whatever, and maybe on the third night or another time I could read out questions and just, and just answer them on the, on the tape and we'll put it up on the web or something. So any questions, just stick them in there. And we, yeah. Great.